Everybody loves being entertained. We love to let our hair down and laugh loudly when we are out on the town. There's nothing like stand-up comedy to lift your spirits and split your sides at the same time. We'll have a convo about comedy with Dan Feist on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Hello, 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 and welcome to another exciting edition of FYI for your English. And I'm really psyched. Yeah, I'm going to use a word that we use in the States. I am psyched. Emocionado, mentalizado, I'm psyched because today we've got an amazing program for you. A wonderful guest, a great friend of mine. I want to welcome someone you may already know. And if you don't know him, you will after today's show. Please welcome Dan Feist. Hey, how you doing, Alberto? Thanks for having me. Hey, how's it going, man? Great to have you. We've been we've been talking about this for, for quite some time. That's right. And finally, we made it happen by hook or by crook. You're here with me in the studio. You even got a beer in your hand, with that, which I think is awesome. I think uh, we, we're going to have a chat here about comedy. Yep, we're just having a laid back chat and I'm going to be enjoying this beer. Awesome, awesome. And I'm sure the listeners are going to enjoy our conversation about comedy. First, we want to find out a little bit about you, Dan. Now, I know. Let's let's pretend I don't know anything about you. Hi. Nice to meet you. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, Dan Feist. Well, um, originally from uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, in the United States. That's the upper Midwest. Uh, but I've been in Spain for 20 years, and I've had all kinds of cool opportunities. Um, this is the latest cool opportunity, being on FYI. Awesome. And this sounds familiar because you were on an episode recently telling us a little bit about why you love Spain. That's right. I, I did send you that. So and, uh, that, that's great. This is actually, this is really your second participation, but this is, this one you're really here in the flesh, as we say. Right? Absolutely. In, in the, the flesh. In the flesh. <laughs> Doing it live. So you live in Spain. You're from the United States. That's one thing we have in common. But another thing we have in common is we're both performers. We both love comedy. Mm -hmm. We, you know, ever since we met we've been saying have you seen this one did you sure. see this sketch do you know this and uh i think that's one thing also our love of beer as well has brought us together i mean a lot of good things and, and the english language and we're both english teachers so we do have a lot in common even though you'd think our states have nothing in you know a boy no, from new york right. you'd be like what but actually we're more similar than i think we can imagine but, but <laughs> that's scary <laughs> it's scary it is it is but that's maybe even comical and that's, yeah, that's what we're yeah. going to talk about today Excellent. We're gonna, now, how did you get into performing? How did you get into comedy? Because you've now performed in English and Spanish. Uh, you also are uh, one of the um, one of the forerunners, I would say, of comedy and improv here in Madrid. Right, right. right. Well, thank you for saying that. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely have put in some time. Mm -hmm. It all started uh, when my wife told me that we were pregnant, and uh, I went, oh, that means all my, my dreams either have to come true now or I can <laughs> never achieve them. So I started doing stand-up um, at first in Spanish, and it was just really soul-crushing experience um, trying to get laughs when you don't know what you're doing uh, in stand-up. Well, it's hard but, to get laughs in your own language. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> but I made really good friends uh, back in the day uh, mm -hmm. when, in those first open mics. 
and uh, people who've really kept pushing me forward and really helping me out a lot. And so that was great. Shortly after, uh, I started a, a comedy group with a couple of other really great comedians. Awesome people. Called Freshly Comedy. And we were around for eight years, nine years. Uh, doing live shows, and that's kind of maybe why I'm one of the forerunners of the comedy well, scene here. Well, it's true. At first, I was like, wait, there's nothing else like this. Freshly Comedy, which was uh, something, an initiative that Dan and, and some other awesome friends of ours put together, bilingual, all of you, uh, with a love of comedy, and, and you brought people together. Hey, when when is Freshly Comedy coming back? Will we ever see Freshly Comedy again? I'm, a, I'm afraid we won't. Um, I'm still performing quite a bit, uh, both in stand-up and improv, mm-hmm. um, with a Dark Roast Comedy, Darke, Darke Roast okay. Comedy, um, for stand-up, and Mad Improv for improvisations. Uh, but the other members uh, continue to be doing uh, creative things and continue to be producing. Tony's making a podcast about movies. Sean is uh, writing political cartoons for oh, wow. satire magazines all over Britain. And so I think we've we've uh, moved past freshly. It will, it, will, it will live forever. It really was a, a unique initiative for English speakers in Madrid, which there are many, not just the people from Madrid, but also people who were learning English in Madrid, uh, you know, not just in native English speakers, I mean. So it brought together a very international crowd of people who were laughing, drinking beer, because if I recall, it was at the beer state. Why is it, why do we, is this an episode about beer or comedy? Well, I don't know, man, but I think they go hand in hand. So. Sure, sure. Who You want to see a good stand-up show with an icy cold brew and some good company, right? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> now, stand-up comedy, I think most people would think about it. I know they say monologos, but in English, mm. a monologue sounds more like in a movie to me or from a play, right? Well, I, that's a really interesting thing to say um, because when I when I started in, in stand-up in Spanish, it was in 2009. Mm-hmm. And uh, m- m- monologo was the word that almost everybody used. Monologista. It was a things. buzzword, yeah. But it w- at that time, uh, the comedians were doing something that was more similar to a monologue than to stand-up comedy. Ah, so it really was like a mon- like a written gotcha, gotcha. Right. So when I think of a monologue, I think of um, a stage play. Like a soliloquy of Yes, sorts. exactly. Right, exactly. There was always that one monologue in the Shakespeare play or Cinco, Ar- uh, Cinco Horas con Mario. Right. Mm-hmm. In that play, it's one person having a monologue for five hours about one person. Oh, man. All right. And so <laughs> it was uh, stand up in the past was a lot more like that. Uh, the comedians here were more like actors who were doing some funny script. They right. were hiding behind their script. Putting on voices, mm, things like this. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but not just putting on voices. Um, Following a very scripted style. Gotcha. And in stand-up, it has to be a lot more spontaneous. Right. And you have to be willing to forget all of your material and talk about what's happening right now in the room. Right. You don't have to necessarily stick to the script, which is a great expression to look at. Yep. Absolutely. Um, And so nowadays in the last, well, in the last 15 years, of course, comedy has really um, evolved in Spain. And Mm. now we have, we still have some of the older school monologue style. Right. And we have many other styles that are fresher uh liver uh, quite quite a bit more diverse right off the cuff i mean because sure you want to be scripted you want to have an idea of what you want to say but i always say when the script limits you that's not a good thing oh absolutely uh later we'll talk about bill hicks uh, he was oh. a legendary comedian who died uh, way too young he said that uh, your script is only there for 
uh, for you when you don't have anything funnier to say. Wow. See, he was, I was going to say, he's more than a comedian. I would say, we're going to talk about Bill Hicks, but he was a visionary right. of yes. sorts oh, right, as well. Right, absolutely. A political, before Bill Maher and all these political comments. No, no. I yeah. mean, he, he's still relevant today, still even though, relevant. Even though he died in like 1993. Another one, George Carlin, yeah. still, relevant. still relevant. The things he said are not only funny today, but they're brutally, honestly true. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's incredible. So we're going to talk about that in the bonus part, guys. We're going to take a look at a bunch of different, classics we're going to recommend some of our favorite sketches some of our favorite bits but mm-hmm. first uh well i wanted to take a look at the definition of stand-up comedy <laughs> according to wikipedia because you got to trust wikipedia uh wikipedia is an excellent tool if you know how to use it exactly uh, so let's see if we can use it right <laughs> let's see if you agree with their definition stand-up comedy consists of one-liners stories observations or shtick that may incorporate props, music, magic tricks, or ventriloquism. I mean, this is a very broad <laughs> definition, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> that how, is. How would you define in your in your definition? What is stand up comedy? If you had to define it, stand up comedy is the solution for people who don't want to live anymore but can't commit suicide. <laughs> so they, they get on stage, expose themselves. That's right. That's right. Uh, one one of my favorite comedians said, uh, "Jesus died on the cross for your sins." I die on stage every night for your mere <laughs> entertainment value. Just so you laugh at me and decide how good I, I may or may not be. Right. <laughs> no, but I mean, stand-up is a, really the total art form mm-hmm. because uh, you have to come up with the idea, you have to write the idea, edit the idea, then you have to uh, produce a, sh- a show, promote mm-hmm. the show, direct the show, and star in the show. Right. And everything is on you. Right. Is the you don't get to count on anybody else for a one support. man band <laughs> and it, very much so right mm-hmm. and that was um, very typical in many European countries they still call it a one man show well yeah are you doing a one man show uh-huh. and the one man show <laughs> yeah uh, because it's that it it, it is all that. And so, so it's really somebody getting on stage, exposing themselves, telling stories, making people laugh, entertaining people. Because mm-hmm. um, what are people going out to be in the end? Okay, they want to laugh, but the, above all that, it's entertainment. I want to feel, I want to forget about what's happening in the world or quite the contrary. Some comedy makes you think about what's going on in the world and right. laugh it off. Of and some. laugh it off. or and, and it can even help change your perspective or your opinion about something, you know, is mm-hmm. uh, Bill Hicks. And I'm just repeating him because I don't want to keep uh, spoiling other comedians right, uh, right. for the second half of the show. <laughs> but Bill Hicks said, uh, the U.S. went to war in Iraq. And they said war, but I, do you can, can anyone tell me what the Iraqis uniform looked like? Right, and, and so it kind of point, it made out very it made a very clear point that we weren't really fighting an army when we were there, right? right and right, and even that line from 1991 or 1992 uh, could be applied to certain uh, current events that we're seeing nowadays. Absolutely, that's the thing about good comedy, just like good writing of novels. Timeless, or, it's timeless. I I aspire to be that. So obviously not everything I can write can be timeless, but I aspire to have some of those real key bits, right? as you said before, bits, uh, be those jokes that really last forever. Well, this is really interesting stuff. Now, I wanted to find out a little bit about where and when comedy started. And the first thing I came, I thought, first thing that popped into my mind, obviously, was vaudeville, which was kind of music and shows sure. and people dancing, these kind of reviews. Right. And then it developed into a more like, strictly comedy based thing 
Well, I, I would say that there are, there are kind of two main veins that mm -hmm. were feeding into the creation of stand-up. And one of them definitely was this idea of cabaret, vaudeville, um, variety show kind of a thing mm -hmm. where, where the host or one of, the, one of the guests would be particularly funny only speaking. Right. The other vein that fed uh, stand-up comedy was public speaking. Oh. Um, they consider that Mark Twain probably had the first uh, stand-up comedy tour. As towards the end of his life, he had made some bad investments and was broke. Uh, so he, he started a speaking tour. Oh, wow. And his speaking tour was, uh, was quite comical, of course. Uh, uh, the American Comedy Award is named the Mark Twain Award. He is the creator of the American novel and the creator of American satire in a certain sense. So. Oh, interesting. And yeah, well, it makes sense now right. that you say it. But later, uh, stand-up wasn't used until, I don't know, did you... Well, I, I looked up some information. Again, Wikipedia, gotta trust them. Well, gotta trust them with right? your life. Well, you know? let's see what you have. <laughs> what the you first doc, and I quote, the first documented use of stand-up as a term was in the stage in 1911, describing a Miss Nellie Perrier delivering stand-up comic ditties in a chic and charming manner i i would i would say that uh that's true i've heard that name before and i've heard that that that's coming through but a ditty to me sounds like a song yeah that's more the than thing. just a, a spoken rhythm thing. that's the thing well they were it says a performance of comedy songs yes rather than stand-up comedy in true terms however in the yorkshire evening post this is november 10th 1917 the stage gossip column described the career of a guy named Finlay Dunn. Okay. And the article states that Dunn played as what he calls a stand-up comedian. So this was the first time they said, here's a profession. Here's, you know, somebody does this as a job. The other one sure. was mentioning the act. She, she was doing, and this one says a stand-up So let's say in the early 1900s. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And then um, for, for what we would consider modern stand-up, most people think that the late 50s, uh, early 60s is when it started to get established. Mm. Uh, Lenny Bruce is widely considered oh, wow. uh, the original stand-up. He's a, a Jewish guy from New York who is very critical of pretty much any, anything. He was anti-establishment. Sure. He talked a lot about politics or religion, mm. sex, uh, vulgarity. Sure. So if you think back to the pure 1950s in American culture, and then here's this man coming to our town. He was kind of like a Jim Morrison. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A couple of decades before Jim Morrison was Jim Morrison. Right, right. Um, uh, and so uh, he was great. He uh, One of his most famous lines was, in, against censorship, was, uh, if you can't say fuck, you can't say fuck the government. And so <laughs> right, it, right. it's not the most hilarious joke, but it's very poignant. It makes a very good point. And there's a twist at the end. And sure. we'll talk about the twist in, in a little bit. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, because there's, there's this line where if you want to find out out what's happening in a particular society or culture just look at their art and i include comedy in that i include stand-up comedy you want to know what was happening in the 60s watch the stand-up comics look at the art look yep. at the movies look yep. that's going to tell the story more than the history books imo Sure. No, I, I, no, no, absolutely. I agree. Um, the same, the same would go for music. So if you find, uh, um, something, some songs from Bob Marley, if you listen to it, you can figure out what's happening in Jamaica in 1973 yeah. or 1976 mm -hmm. uh, in the political scene. Mm -hmm. And so absolutely, you got to listen to the art and stand up is, uh, is that thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, not every comedian is a critic. 
Uh, no, no, there's all, and that's great. That that's a, we're going to get into that now. The different styles. Uh, we already said some people do shtick. Uh, yeah. Th- can you tell us a little bit about some of the different styles that are out there? There's uh, the obviously observational, sure, right? Like my, sure. my brother-in-law, you sure. know, the other day. Sure. Well, um, the observational one, uh, Seinfeld was really uh, famous for this. Absolutely. And, and not, uh, I mean, he was so famous for it that he, they parlayed it into uh, a series that lasted 13 years and was right, super right. popular. Right? And it's all about the new nuances in the language <laughs> and and the observational sure and the observational comedy comes up with this idea it generally starts with have you ever noticed that <laughs> what's the deal with these people that yeah, that's, that's, that's his line what with? is the deal with <laughs> and so he he questions things and he does a lot of like really banal or mundane yeah, like observation waiting. things and then he makes them quite entertaining yeah, yeah? yeah and he, so there's that observational side observational then what one, we, what i love one voice, line uh, a lot of the voice guys too who do a lot of different voices okay and tell stories sure I, I mean yeah no the the storytelling comedian is perhaps the most common kind of comedian okay. nowadays um because before i get to storytelling i'd, I'd like to talk about the one-liner the, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the one line. Sure. Comedian. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so this is, these are jokes that generally are less than 20 words in the in their full scope. Right. right. Um, one of my favorite uh, one liners is actually from a Spanish comedian named oh. Luis Alvaro. And he said that sabías que la mayoría de las personas que entran o utilizan un baño de minusválidos lo hacen por accidente. And so, <laughs> okay, okay, it's, gotcha. it's biting. It it's, took me a second it, there. It, yeah, right. It's a, but that's a one-liner. It's just, it's a sh- very short joke, and it right. contains like all grenade. the parts of it. Yeah, so there's a little hand grenade, right? <laughs> right. And so, uh, like this, is a standard joke, a traditional joke, what the Spanish people call the chiste popular, mm-hmm. has a, a, some aspects of the one-liner. Because mm-hmm. you try and keep it short, you give as much detail and mm-hmm. as few words as possible, and then you get to the to the, the payoff, punch the punchline. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then one-liner comedians can't really tell stories. But on the other side of the spectrum, you have the storyteller, right? Where it's a very involved. And, every character is like real, right? You know. And 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 not only that, but my jokes don't. If I'm st- t- telling a story, my jokes don't have to be complete jokes. And we're going to talk about the the structure of a joke and the setup and the punchline. Um, but if I'm telling a story, I can use other kinds of, of tools to be to be funny. Okay, interesting. I, I was just thinking of a one-liner that I loved. I think Henny Youngman was his name. He was yeah. like the king of one yep. from Goodfellas. Dr. Jones, wonderful doctor, gave a guy six months to live, couldn't pay his bill, gave him another six months. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, like, like you That's said, he, he's like, he introduces the guy, this is the doctor, here's the, and boom. <laughs> yep. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, and we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that in the second part. So bring that line up again later, if you will. I love, I'm a, I'm a big fan of one-liners because I, my, let's be honest, my attention span. <laughs> That's my problem there. That's why one-liners are great for me. Puns. I love puns, obviously, as a language lover. Yeah, you know. no, and uh, uh, one-liners uh, can include some kinds of puns, and a pun is a play on words, a mm-hmm. uh, play on words where uh, you uh, make fun of the, uh, a double meaning, because you, you're about homophones, aren't you? Yeah, I love Homophones them. in English oh, all yeah. over the place. Oh, yeah. And so you can get a lot of homophones uh, 
to give you a double meaning or a double understanding of the situation. So right. uh, very good, very good. Awesome. So we got puns, slapstick, but that's not really with comedy. That's a kind of more of comedy for sketches. Well, and stuff. well, slapstick depends a little bit less on the verbal and a little bit more on the physical or right. on the acting. Like right? speaking of Seinfeld, uh, Michael Kramer. Michael the, Kramer, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Cosmo. Cosmo Kramer. <laughs> I'm mixing the actor's yeah, the, name with the character. Michael Richards, right? Um, Cosmo. So he, he um, or if you look at old movies with the cops, these black mm-hmm. and white movies with the tubby cops who are falling over the play, all over the place, sure, and, and whatever. The three Stooges. Set. Yep, there you go. And so slapstick is a little bit more physical than verbal, mm-hmm. but there's definitely room um, in inside stand-up as an art to mix them to all mix or sure. even to rely quite a bit mm-hmm. on on slapstick. So any like any art, what I'm getting from you here is like any art. It's not. I don't just do slapstick. I don't just do edu- you know observational humor. It's not just tongue in cheek. Yeah, well, I wanted to stop in that. What well, is tongue in cheek? Well, tongue in cheek. It, at first, it doesn't seem to make sense, but if you think about each word individually, mm. it is when you push your tongue on the inside of your cheek, kind of going, <laughs> "It's a joke." <laughs> and and tongue in cheek tends to be a joke that's a little more subtle, right? That isn't mm. as obvious, and right. so the person kind of gives you that facial expression, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 so that you understand that he's joking and that that was a joke, exactly. right? And tongue in cheek is is good. It just mm. it means insincere in mm-hmm. a sense. Sure, sure. Uh, sophomoric. It's my favorite kind okay. of humor, <laughs> <laughs> which is poo poo uh, and pee pee jokes, <laughs> <laughs> right? No, and um, farts. <laughs> yeah, is my my son came home a lot when he was younger with caca culo pedo piece, <laughs> and he would just laugh at that that's timeless dude (laughs) sophomore humor is is timeless in some way all right so here's what i want to talk about because most of us have been in the audience we've been to shows uh stand-up comedy shows uh you know any kind of uh, Mm -hmm. shows to be entertained and i know myself it can be very nerve-wracking dealing with stage fright and especially you're trying new material that you haven't tried what is the whole tell us a little bit about the process of how you create a bit or a joke and I don't know some of the do's and don'ts because I'm sure many people don't don't understand what goes into coming up with your next. Let's say you're planning your next bit. What would you do now? Well, um, try not to force myself. Okay, you know this mm-hmm. is like if you're trying to write a novel and you sit down and you say I'm going to write a novel and you sit down at the computer and where Uh-oh. do you start? Right <laughs> now, what? So so it's good to to draw on experiences or ideas or reactions that you've had in your real life and go, oh, you know what? I think I could really expand on that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I'm trying to think of something that I did recently that isn't <laughs> too, too offensive there for the can, podcast. We <laughs> We're not going to get canceled or anything. Right? <laughs> no, I can't get canceled. I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't have anything to begin with. How am I going to get canceled? We could maybe talk about that too. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, so you, you draw on something where you were funny in your real life or had a funny idea in your real life and then you sit down and from there what I would do is try and talk it through with some friends okay not but as a conversation yeah yeah see if your friends think it's a funny story drop it in conversation and then feed off of their reactions you're testing them a little bit okay right and Mm -hmm. well but the other thing is that comedians really work well when they're bouncing things off of people absolutely sure all right and that's the whole thing you stand-up comedy doesn't work without the audience exactly and and (laughs) there's so many important factors in involving the audience Mm -hmm. in your stand-up so that your stand-up can be good 
Um, so I b- bounce it off of my friends with some conversation. Um, and then I go home and I try to structure it. And there are different uh, typical joke structures that comedians use. A real typical one is the afterthought. Okay. Um, which is like, um, we're having the kids for dinner. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're going to make them at the, we're going to make we're them on the barbecue, right? <laughs> right? We're not inviting them. We're going to eat them. Okay. The which afterthought. both. Sure, sure. Sure. And so this afterthought is like that funny thing that you say after somebody else finishes a sentence. It's very typical right. in your work conversations sure. or in your, in your friend conversations. It's almost like a comeback of sorts. Yep, exactly. Like a, so, oh, well, I got yep. something funny to say there. And so you'll, something you'll witty. see. Yep. Something witty, of course. You'll see a lot of comedians use the afterthoughts considerably, uh, quite a bit. And also the, um, the rule of three okay. so i give you three examples then the first two examples start to set a line they start to set an expectation of thinking a, a way of thinking mm-hmm. and your brain thinks that it has reached that final conclusion mm-hmm. but then the, my third option is a surprise and ah, okay. and that's where the fun is all right 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 and you're so, like i've been eating really healthy lately i had uh, for breakfast i had some oatmeal then I had some kiwi and a six pack of donuts. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's like, wait, whoa, what, does that, what happened there? That's right. That was the big turn. That's where the surprise is. So right? you want to catch them off guard too. Comedy's a little bit about catching people off guard. It's all about surprise. Surprise, the element of surprise. I love it. Yeah, we're trying to sum up something. Think about this. We're trying to sum up something that's hard to sum up because comedy is so many different things. It's sense of humor is something, you know, cultural sometimes. I wanted to talk about that, not right yet. We only have a few minutes left, but continue with the creating the joke and the do's and the don'ts. Um, And then the do's are uh, talk about what you know about. Don't talk about what you don't know about. It will be obvious to everyone that you don't know what you're talking about, so Mm -hmm. do that. Uh, Another thing is to, um, you you mentioned uh, stage fright, nerve wracking. Mm Well, uh, for me, it was really big. At first, I th- I saw the audience as an like an enemy or an opponent oh. that I had to to win. Gotcha. That I had to beat them somehow. To I had conquer. to win over them. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and then I realized that uh, that's not true at all. People who go to a comedy show, uh, made plans, bought the tickets ahead of time. So usually spend some good money to get they're gonna, there, parking. They're, they're going to have dinner. They're going to park. Maybe they have kids, so they have a babysitter. Mm-hmm. So they they have a lot invested in in the fact that the show is going to go well, they and they're going to have a great sure. time, and they want to have a good time. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to convince myself that We're I don't friends. have to win them. <laughs> We're they're on my team. Yeah. This is my living room. They right. came here to have a good time. Right. I know how to make them have a good time. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, we can do this. Right. You have that contract, that unsigned yep. contract. Yep. Sure. Yep. So Excellent. Interesting. Interesting. And have you ever had to deal with hecklers? I love it. Okay, so hecklers are these people who feel like they came there to be the comedian, but they're not on the poster. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's the person in the audience who yells out comments at uh, inappropriate and inconvenient times. Right. Uh, but That's not true all the time. You're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right. this is comedy. We're generalizing. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. And you, I guess you, what you would do is, uh, knowing you incorporate them into the show. <laughs> You're right. I mean... Uh, uh, there are different ways to go about it, but the first the first thing you you remind them that they're in the audience and you're on stage, right? But you do it gently, gently, you know. Yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. hey, excuse me, um, I don't know if you noticed that you're in the dark in a chair 
and I'm on a raised platform with, with lights, lights and a microphone <laughs> so everybody can hear me. Do you remember? So that's how this works is you be quiet over there and I talk up here. I don't want to talk about hierarchy, <laughs> but if there is one here. <laughs> right. And um, and if they keep going, uh, then you can turn it up. You can get a little bit uh, right. mean right. with them. You can get a little bit more aggressive. Mm. But the best thing is not to get aggressive yet to just say talk because when whatever they say they're going to say something so stupid you're going to get a great laugh exactly i've seen some of the best you know bits come from a heckler that that spontaneous reaction and it goes back to what you said about okay you should have an idea a script an order your stuff worked out right but your script is only there for when you don't have something funnier to say right now as our buddy bill hicks said well guys we've reached the end of the first part we're going to come back in the bonus part. We're going to talk about the cultural differences in humor. We'll talk a little bit about cancel culture. Okay. We'll talk about Bill Hicks and some of our favorite comedians that we'll recommend, some vocabulary, some idioms, and so much more. If you guys are interested in finding out more about the bonus part and getting vocabulary, PDFs with vocabulary, and tons of expressions, everything that we looked at today, and weekly and monthly classes with me. You can find out more on patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And a quick shout out to all my patrons, especially my super duper students, Javier, Roberto, David, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, Edgar, And don't forget about my interstellar students, Isabel, Paco, Diego, Carmen, and Diana. Thank you so much, guys. And to all of you who are going to join us in the bonus part of today's FYI.